We now begin the third chapter of Masechah Zabava Metziah. This is Perak Gimel Mishnah Aleph 3.1. And the topic of this chapter is the responsibility of a custodian, meaning a shomer in Hebrew. And that means that if an object belongs to Mr. A, but he gives it over to Mr. B, the question is, under what circumstances is Mr. B responsible if the something happens to the the uh, what's called the picadon, the object to whom it, which was entrusted to him? So, the Torah really Mishpatim identifies four different categories of shomrim of custodianship, and the different categories essentially have to do with who is getting the benefit. Um, in this arrangement. So on the one extreme you have what's called the Shomer Chinam, the unpaid watchman or custodian. He's doing a favor to his friends. That means that uh, the Bal Hipikadon, the Bailim, the owner, uh, also the Mafkid, the depositor, it's all the same term, whether they all mean the same thing. Uh, let's say, you know, he has a bike and he's going out of town. So he says to his friend, um, who might be called the Nifkad, or in this case the Shomer or Shomer Chinam, the unpaid guardian, I'm going out of town, I'm afraid to leave my bike in my house, can I please leave it in your house? Um, and the the Shomer Chinam, he agrees to take care of the bike for free. So since all the benefit really is accruing to the owner of the bike, the custodian is actually getting nothing out of the deal, he's just doing him a favor. So therefore, the Shomer Chinam has very limited liability. In fact, if the bike gets stolen or gets lost, and certainly something happens to the bike beyond his control, so then the Shomer Chinam um, will be exempt. Okay, he doesn't have to make any payments back to the owner um, because he was doing him a favor. The only time that a Shomachin will be obligated to make restitution is if he either was a poshea, he was negligent, so he left the bike outside his house and then it got stolen. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Or it got rusty in the rain or something like that. Um, or if he was what's called sholech boyad, he um, literally means he set forth his hand, but it means he misappropriated the object. In other words, when the owner of the bike gives it to his friend to watch, he's saying, I want you to watch my bike and keep it safe. You're not allowed to go riding it around. So if the Shomachinam is Shalech Bayad, he misappropriates a bike, he takes it for a bike ride or something. So then he now is no longer a Shomer, he's he's a thief. Okay, he's a goslin. And that being the case, his responsibilities become full, meaning that he has to now be fully responsible um, for whatever happens to this bike, uh, even if you know it's stolen, it's lost, and that kind of thing. Okay, that's the one extreme, the Shomachinam who's doing a favor to the owner. Then you have the other extreme, which is called the shoel, the borrower, which is that um, the neighbor says to his friend, listen, can I borrow your bike for an hour? Okay, so now who's getting the benefit here? The owner of the bike is lending him his bike for free, and therefore all the benefit is accruing to the shoel, the borrower. Therefore, he takes on maximal responsibility. So a shoel is responsible to return the object that he borrowed, even if... uh, what happens to it is circumstances beyond his control. In other words, for sure, Geneva and Aveda, if it gets stolen or lost, that's not a claim, he has to return it. So if he claims, listen, it got lost or stolen, too bad, um, he'll still have to return the value of a bike. And even if it's circumstances beyond his control, you know, like armed robbers put a gun to his head and say, give us give us the bike or else, so he hands over the bike, so what do you expect that he's, of course, going to do it? But that doesn't matter. Even though he's an onus, it's against his circumstances beyond his control, he has to make, he has to give back the value of the bike to the owner because that's that was the deal. That's the deal. Um, similarly, if Lightning strikes, you know, and the and the and the, um, the bike, uh, you know, gets fried by lightning. Again, it wasn't his fault, but he has to return a bike to the original owner because he has to. That's that's the deal. By lending it out, there's no excuses. Um, the there is a um, a one category um, of exemption which is called uh, mesa machmas malacha. If 
the let's say it's an animal that that dies in the course of the very work that it was lent out to do. So then there's an exempt exception, and the borrower won't need to make restitution. Um, and also something um, if bail of emo, but I'll explain that at a later time, not for right now at all. Okay. Then we have a middle case. The middle case is what's called the shomer sachar, the paid watchman, the paid custodian. So here, um, there's sort of a quid pro quo happening, right? Everyone's getting something. On the one hand, the owner of the bike is getting his bike watched. On the other hand, he's paying um, the watchman, the custodian, the shomer, shomer sachar, the paid watchman, you know, $50 for um, keeping it safe. So since the shomer sachar is getting paid something and they've struck a deal, he is getting paid, but he takes on extra liability. The extra liability is that the Shomer Sachar, the paid custodian, is also responsible for Geneva and Aveda. Should the bike get stolen or should it get lost, it's his responsibility when he has to, he has to make the owner of the bike whole. However, the Shomer Sachar has still limited liabilities, meaning if it's an onus, something happens beyond his control, so that, you know, someone puts a gun to, you know, the guy's head, the Shomer Sachar's head, and says, give us the bike or else. Okay, so he's not expected to give up his life for the bike. He hands it over, and he's going to be exempt. And same goes if there's an onus, like a lightning bolt strikes the, you know, strikes the bike, he can say, listen, it's not my fault, and he'll be exempt. Okay, the four, that's Shomer Sacher. The fourth category is called the Socher. Socher is a renter. So just the same way that there is a little bit of a quid pro quo happening for Shomer Sacher, the paid watchman, there's also a quid pro quo happening for the renter. Right, because the renter on the, is is paying money to borrow the bike for the week. So there's a machlokas tanaim whether the obligations of a renter are like a shomer chinam or shomer sachar. It's machlokas Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. But the halacha is that a shomer that a socher renter um, who's struck like a, a deal, an economic deal where both are benefiting, has the same responsibilities, identical to a shomer sachar, a paid uh, custodian. And ideas, in, uh, in my mind, anyways. It's a, if it struck a deal, they both are getting something, and therefore they're like meeting in the middle, and it's a you know negotiated arrangement, so therefore the liabilities are the same for both. Okay, so those are the four categories of Shomer. Now, as I said before, um, the Shomer will be exempt under certain circumstances, um, but if he's claiming that exemption, meaning if the owner says, I want my bike back, and the Shomer Chinam says it was stolen, or the Shomer Sacher says uh, there was an armed robber put a gun to my head, or... Uh, the Shomer, uh, excuse me, or the uh, the Shoel says it was Mesa Machmas Malacha, and they're exe- claiming they should be exempt. So then, or, or for that, yeah. So then, that's fine. But there's an obligation Minha Torah. Midorai said that the Shomer has to take a Shvua, formal oath in Bezdin, um, to exempt himself from paying. And that oath really has two elements on a Doraisa level. The first element is he has to swear. To regarding his claim, he has to say the Shomer has to say, "Listen, it was stolen, etc." Uh, whatever his claim is, and second of all, uh, the second element is he has to also um, swear that it's not in his pre- in his he doesn't have it right now in his possession. Meaning, it's not good enough to say it was stolen. Maybe it ended up, you know, he found it. Okay, it was lost, but he found it, etc. Nope. If he claims that it was lost or stolen, so he'll be exempt as a Shomer Let's say, but he has to swear a that it was lost or stolen, and b that it's no, not in his rishus anymore. He doesn't have possession of it anymore. He's not doesn't have it. Okay. Now, those are the Doraiis elements. Now, Midurabanan, the rabbis added um, two more elements to the Shvuah. This is through the 
the mechanism called Gilgal Shvua, which is we don't make a person take a Shvua, um, but once he's taking a sh- under certain circumstances, but in the event he is making a Shvua, he is swearing about something, so we can add additional elements. Learn that from Sota, we discussed it not so long ago. Um, in any case, so in this case, the extra elements are um, number one, that the in addition to saying what a claim is and that he doesn't have in his possession, he'll also swear that he wasn't negligent, he wasn't a poshea, and he wasn't shaleach bayad, he didn't misappropriate the item. Because the shomachinam, you know, if he was guarding it and it got stolen, he's exempt, and he doesn't have in his possession, he could swear to those two matters, but maybe before it got stolen, um, he left it outside, or maybe he took it for a bike ride. And if he did, so then he shouldn't be exempt, even though it was stolen, he still should be liable because, you know, he took on liability because he was a poshea, or because, or because he, he was a shaleach bayar. Okay? So, in all events, when you're not paying as a shomer, you're always taking the shvua, both um, the dorais and the abundant elements. Okay? Fine. Now, with that background, uh, we can we can um, address the first mission. The first mission just jumps in the deep end. Since the psukim, we're in the shomerim, are explicit in shmos, it's in the perk chabes, chapter 22 of shmos, um, so the Mishnah assumes you already know about them, and therefore just says already to like what ifs. Okay, so the first what if of our Mishnah here, we mean Perk Kimmel Mishnah Aleph's what if is what happens if the Shomer, and this is specifically a Shomer Chinam in our Mishnah, so we're only talking about Shomer Chinam for Mishnah Aleph. The Shomer Chinam is exempt uh, from making restitution if the object he was guarding gets stolen. He claims Geneva. Now, if you recall from not long ago, we learned that. Um, if a thief steals an object and then he's as a gun of and then he's caught, he has to pay kefil, double payment. And if what he stole was a cow and then he either sold it or shechted it, he'll have to give a five-time payment. And if it was a goat or a sheep, he'll have to give a four-time payment if he shechted and sold it. So, now, what's going to happen, asked the Mishnah, if the Shomer Chinam claims it was stolen... But then he opts, instead of swearing, he's afraid to swear, he's reluctant to swear, people are, are, don't want to swear um, in general, he, he, or just doesn't have you know bad blood or mistrust. So therefore he says, listen, uh, even though it was stolen, I want to make you whole, I'll give you the money back for your bike. And then the bike thief is found, and not only is the bike returned, um, but also there's a cable payment, or the cow was the cow thief was found, and there's a five-time payment, etc., so who gets that those extra kanasal, those extra payments, the extra you know multiples of the original value of the stolen object? So that's the topic of our Mishnah here. And the Mishnah says, Hamafkid If one deposits by his friend who serves as a Shomarchinam, an unpaid custodian, either a behema, an animal, okalum, or some utensil, and I'll come back to the why the Mishnah says both those cases. Vinignavu Osha Avdu, and then the deposited item gets stolen or gets lost. And then Shilam Shaba, the custodian opts rather than swear, which he could swear and exempt himself, he, he says that he's willing to pay. He's willing to pay. Sharia Amru, listen, the rabbi said, as we know, says the Mishnah now it didn't have introductions, this is reminding you that the Shomarchinam Nishba Vyotzi that one who serves as an unpaid watchman, so a guardian, so he can swear, in the case of Geneva or Veda, and Viyotse, and he can leave, you know, scot-free and not have to make any further payments, as long as he swears. If then, Nimtzah HaGanav, if the thief is then found, Mishalem Tashlumi Kefel, he makes a double payment, 
Or tavachumachar, if we're talking about a you know a slaughter or a sale of a cow or goat or sheep. So then mishalem tashlumi arba v'chamisha. That's the four or five payment. Lemi mishalem. Ask the mishnah who should receive those extra payments. Says the mishnah lemi shapikadon itzlo um, to the one who had the pikadon, meaning the shomer. In other words, when one acts as a shomer and he pays, even though he didn't have to pay in the event of a theft, so then he will now accrue the rights um, to any, you know, getting the double or four or five payments if there if there happens to be one. Now, why should that be the case? So the Gemara ends up saying like this, that at the time that the mafkid, the bailam, the owner of the object, puts it in the possession of the shomer to watch, implicit is the agreement. He says from right now, even does, does not speak it out. Of course, in the event that it gets stolen and you're exempt as a Shomer Chinam, but you have to pay me out anyways. So, of course, I agree that if later on it's found, not only do you get reimbursed your money, but you actually you get to keep the kefal because I'd rather have, you know, the uh, burden in hand and get paid out in full now rather than, the, you know, the two or the four or the five in the bush. Maybe it'll come, maybe it won't come, and this, this extra payments, uh, or maybe not. Okay, so since he's agreeable to that, um, any, that, that it's sort of tacit, it's unspoken, but it exists from the very beginning. So those rights are accrued to the Shomer, and if he opts to pay when he doesn't have to pay, he'll get the extra payments, should there be any. Mishra before it said, we're applying this to both a behema and kalem. The reason why is because behema and kalem are a little different. When it comes to a behema, on the one hand, um, you know, it's a lot of work to take care of uh, an animal, and the custodian did that for free. Um, but there's also a lot of payouts, right, because it could be four or five times. And therefore, you might have thought um, the owner would be reluctant to concede, you know, to, to concede giving four or five times. Um, but he, he does, says the mission. And similarly, when it comes to Kalim, so if I ask you to watch, you know, my bike, it just sits in your garage. It doesn't require any work from you at all. So you might have thought, well, that being the case, I wouldn't be agreeable to give you, you know, a double payment because it wasn't really a big deal to ask of you in the first place to just leave in your garage. Um, but no, again, the mission is saying, even if it's Kalim, the owner does transfer that right that if you agree to pay when you don't have to, because it was stolen, you'll get the double payment. Okay. Um, by the way, I should speak out. Um, even in the event that the the Shomer Chinam agrees to pay rather than swear, um, he still has to make a separate um, oath that he doesn't have the Pekadu in his possession. Separate point. And the reason, so even though he's paying, he's still not, he's taking that shvua anyways. And the reason why is because, um, the Ramban explains, it's very, it's very um, possible that he, so to speak, is over the Isra of, of Losachmut, of, of um, coveting his neighbor's property. He sort, of, he sort of justifies it as a mind. In other words, he says, listen, I'm going to, essentially, he likes his neighbor's bike. It's a one of a kind, or he can't get another one. So what does he do? He says, I'm prepared to pay you for it because it's lost. I don't know where it is. And what's actually happening is he's just sort of like, you know, he's rationalizing saying, listen, I'm paying the full value of his bike uh, and uh, he's not losing anything and I'm getting a bike. So therefore he has to still swear. Even if he's paying, he's paying, but he doesn't have the bike in his possession. Okay, so that's a separate dinner all to itself. Fine. Um, now, says the mission on the flip side, Nishba v'lorata l'shalem. If, I guess, so I should say one thing also. Um, it's going to come out that if the if the uh, Shomer is agreeable to pay, but then before he even gets around to paying, the thief is found, already he's entitled, the Shomer is entitled to get the double payment, okay? Because it's the willingness to pay, which is what um, entitles him to it. Uh, if Nishba v'lo ratzel if 
the unpaid custodian, the Shemachinim, would rather just swear and not make any payments. And then Nimtza Ganav, and then they find the thief, Mishalam Tashlumi Kefal, then there's double payment, and Tavachumachar, or if the thief had stolen and then either slaughtered or sold the cow, goat, sheep, Mishalam Tashlumi Abra Chamisha, then there's a four or five payment. Lemim Mishalam, who should that get that? Of who should get that payment? Of course, the Bala Pikadon, the original owner, not much of a Chiddush over here. Of course, it's his, his, his animal or his bike, and um, he should get paid as the victim the, the extra payment. Okay? Although there isn't much of a Chiddush here uh, in truth, there is one thing um, to be added, which is that if the Shemrachinim first says he wants to swear rather than pay, and he does, but later on he has remorse, second thoughts, he just doesn't want to have conflict with his neighbor of the stories, and he agrees to pay, like uh, above and beyond, his obligations, because he already exempted himself by swearing. So when he pays, he does therefore get the rights to collect on any extra payments, should there be any.